Good evening, welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Cup. Sean and Rock are here to... Uh, Get into episode eleven already. Crazy! It's been eleven the episodes. Mark Messier episode, huh? <laughs> the, the Messier, yeah, we yes. guarantee <laughs> a decent episode. <laughs> oh, and exciting news! Exciting news to announce. Actually, it's the one bit of, of news that we actually oh. have to break. Um, and I let Rock know mm-hmm. this earlier today. Hold up, I don't, I don't want to misquote this. Let me bring this up here. We are the two the two guys one cup podcast is officially ranked number 59 in Finland for all hockey podcasts. Big Zuccarello fans. So we cracked the top 60 in Finland. That's impressive. That is really impressive. They must like our, our the way we brought up Max Zuccarello on occasion on this podcast. <laughs> Him or Rainbow Our Finnish listeners, we thank you. What's that? <laughs> I said our Finnish listeners, oh, we thank you. Kako, <laughs> you know, Rimo Helmeden. Yep. Yeah. A lot, lot of Kako. There's a lot of Kako oh, yeah. here. We're big Kako supporters, so. I had my no church, no church, no, church. Church. no synagogues, no churches. We just love no them. Uh, any other religious faiths. Uh, no mecca, to, no mecca to yeah. Kako. I, I don't know if I ever asked you, um, and not to get off topic too early, but I'm sure we'll do that later. What, what did, what was your reaction when we won that first draft lottery? Did we talk about this at all? When we, when we won, won the Kako, because what was your <laughs> feeling when we won that draft lottery so i'm dropping my sister so i was in my car dropping my sister off at laguardia to go back to florida dropped her off as i'm I'm getting right back onto the grand central i was living in whitestone Mm -hmm. at the time so it's a short short drive for me so i'm getting back on the grand central when they're going through the list and i have my i have nhl on but i also had Somehow, I guess I was streaming it on the NBC Sports app also on my phone. I had my phone on the dashboard. And when I see Buffalo come up, I shrieked. I legit shrieked. And I'm honking the horn on the Grand Central. Like, holy shit, holy shit. And then when it came down and then you hear Chicago and I'm like, this is a two fucking player draft and we got one of the fucking two. So it was it, it was surreal. It it was it was kind of surreal. My, I still think my reaction to the Lafreniere was more was was insane, a little more insane than, than my that. when when they got Lafreniere, and I'll tell you how it would happen with me with Kako. But I was just in disbelief because I mean I'm I'm anyone that knows me or who's seen me on Facebook or whatever, I found out that I was having twins the same day as the draft lottery. Is the Rangers draft lottery? That's crazy. Yeah. So it was like, like, could this day get any better than that? And it was almost surreal. Like, am I dreaming this? Is this really happening? I mean, can we really be getting this lucky? You know, two years in a row, it was like incredible. But with Kako, I was at work, so I started watching the the, mm-hmm. the um the draft lottery while we were I was at work. 
and we kept getting get going in and out on calls and whatever. And I I was on I was on I was on a box. I was on a run, and I was coming back. Mm-hmm. And we um, and I, I read it, and I was like, I was shaking. That's how I'm like. I didn't know what to do with myself. Like, it's almost the feeling of winning the cup, and I want to say almost because obviously when I won, they were 14. So I was 14. So I mean, I don't know if the feeling would be different now, opposed to how I felt back then. But I was just, I couldn't eat, and I was just shaking from excitement. Like I just couldn't believe it. It's an instant gratification that has. A huge effect. There's no win that's the same as adding a guy who you know is going to be here for like right. a decade. It was incredible, and give me I mean, success. I couldn't eat. It was just. It was just. It, was, it turned. And mm-hmm. it, honestly, it turned out to be just an absolute. It was the start of an epic off season, and I think an off season that, let's be honest, that you and I probably have never seen in our entire time of being a Ranger fan, with all the stuff that went down between Panarin and, and Fox and. Truba and you know obviously Kako JD coming back. It was just a Kratzov right. signing, Shishirkin signing. Obviously Rykov didn't pan out, but it was just like news, 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 range of news, range of news, range of news. It was nonstop from you know the middle of March until you know almost training camp. It was incredible. Well, yeah, it, it, yeah. No, it, there's, there's no no denying that. The only thing that was ever close to that. Was the Gomez and Drury uh, off season? I know it didn't work out, but at the time, I mean, I, I don't think there were many of us that weren't psyched that we got both of them. I would have. I mean, it's funny. Like going back on hindsight, and not to get off on too much of a tangent. Um, not that we have a lot of news to really go over, but yeah, I was no, never a today's Gomez the day guy. For tangents. I wanted Drury. I Drury right, killed so us. I. I wanted Drury. I was never a Gomez supporter. I wanted Sheldon Sore. I would have rathered him back then. At the time, because their power play, obviously, mm-hmm. was still searching for that Brian Leach replacement at that point. Um, we hadn't right. seen Code Leak yet. But they um, – yeah. <laughs> uh, so I wanted Sore. I wanted them to sign Sore, and uh, and they didn't. So I wasn't – I was never a big Gomez fan. I, I don't – I don't mm-hmm. – I was never – I mean, I, I know he was a devil. I, I can kind of look past that because I, I did like Bobby Holik. Maybe one of the few guys that yeah, did. I hated Holik. Yeah, I hated Holik. Yeah, I met Bobby Holik at, uh, at Lazarus in uh, in Columbus, Ohio. I've never told you that. <laughs> he was looking through the clearance section, nine million dollars a year, looking through the clearance section Jeez. in the Lazarus in Columbus, <laughs> Ohio. But I'll tell you, one of the nicest dudes. Like I went up to him, I talked to him for a little bit. He really was a good dude. He really was. Uh, you know, he talked to me, spent his time. I, I have nothing but positive things about him. But uh, yeah, I mean. I just it's just a night back to Kako, but it was just a night that obviously I'll never forget as long as I live. I mean, we've never I mean, you and I are fans for a very long time. Anything we've ever gotten as Ranger fans, they've squeezed the life out of us for first. Right. So, Even the exactly. And that's my point. I mean We were up three one and we still have to suffer through two more losses. And think about all the brutal losses we've experienced. I mean, even since the uh-huh. cup. You know, Drury, you know, seven point seven seconds left. You know, I mean, I know, and I know I'm missing a ton. Of, you know, the, the Gabrick putting the puck in his own net against Washington in overtime with Hank. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on with uh, with brutal losses. So to finally JG get some Tajo. good luck, I mean, maybe the hockey gods and to boot, people were bitching and complaining when Ryan Strom scored that goal in overtime against Pittsburgh. 
Yes. And they were going yes. crazy about that. We killed our draft lot. And, we killed our odds. Listen, the hockey guys, <laughs> the Rangers did the right thing. Yeah, it was strong. They didn't tank. They didn't. They did the right thing. They kept on winning, and they got rewarded for it. And they got rewarded for it twice. So right. from that perspective, uh, you got to be happy. So thank yeah, you the, for our the fans. The Lafreniere thing, I actually, I actually, I actually like jumped. I was on my couch for the Lafreniere one, and uh, all I saw was the blue on the ball. You know, before he took yeah. it out, and it's just like, wait, that, that's blue and red. What the fuck? <laughs> like, Someone said the Canadians aren't in, the, in this draft, or the Blue Jackets aren't in this draft. That's the, <laughs> I was, I was convinced Toronto. it was going to be Toronto. Yeah. I bef- going into yeah. it, I was convinced it was going to yeah. be Toronto. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I thought it was going to be Pittsburgh. I mean, I mean, what they've given that franchise everything else. Yeah, they handed him Sidney Crosby. Yeah, they give them Ramuski guys whenever. They I mean, can. they they bailed that that franchise was dead in the water twenty years ago. Yep. they couldn't. They were they were low. They were moving. All of a sudden, they miraculously win one of the most cru, cru, uh, controversial draft lotteries of all time. Get one of the best players, mm-hmm. maybe top ten players of all time, and it saves yep. their franchise. Do you want How freaking convenient. Rangers didn't make the playoffs for seven goddamn years. They wound up with the 14th pick in that draft. How the hell does that happen? Oh, 18th. We traded up to get Stahl. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. We finished you're either 16th right. or 18th. Yes. We traded up. I apologize. The draft Stahl. But um, listen. God forbid they traded up to 11 to take uh, Kopitar. You Who know? knew, though? He's <laughs> from Slovenia. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's the true. draft. You and I can sit here. and We can play Monday morning quarterback. But what I will say is there are certain teams that for whatever reason always seem to always seem to draft well. Detroit did it for years. Um you know obviously we're seeing what Tampa's doing now. You know Chicago's found used to find a lot of diamonds in the rough, you know, you know Bufflin, Bersteeg, late draft, late draft picks. Um so I mean listen, I mean we can sit here and it's just like the Rangers, like we always say, they're always the smartest players in the room, and that's where uh, hopefully the, the new <laughs> regime comes into effect. So we'll see what I happens. Hope so, man. So speaking of nomads, mm-hmm. where do the Coyotes go? In case you guys haven't heard yeah. yet, uh, like I said, we're recording this on Thursday evening. Um, the city of Glendale has opted out of the contract to keep the Coyotes in Glendale. So they will. They no longer have a home after this season. They will not be allowed. They will be kicked out the same way the Islanders were kicked out of the Coliseum. The Coyotes will be kicked out of the Gia River Resort Casino Arena, whatever, whatever it's called. Fun fact: the last casino I've been in is the Gia <laughs> River Casino in, in Phoenix. The, the day before uh, the whole can, world shut can down they just due to move COVID. That franchise already. I mean, I'm so tired. I'm I mean, they realized it didn't work in Atlanta for the second time, and they moved them. Right. What are they? What is their basis for keeping a franchise in, in Arizona? Some I saw someone post on Twitter. How do you say? How do you say Coyote in French <laughs> to move them to go oh, back? Oh yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, that to me, I mean, I don't know how the Canadian markets are. I mean, obviously, they moved Atlanta, you know, to Winnipeg. Yeah. But I, I mean, uh, I don't know. Can Quebec sustain a, a, a franchise? Not, not in this economic yeah, so, climate. No. I mean, it has to be better than friggin' than friggin'. Uh, what about Oklahoma City? Well, the two, the, so the two cities Why that they I just think are to Seattle. Why do they need to add another team? Yeah. Oh no, they needed to add another team to make so it even. It, I so get there it. Was balance. But, yeah. 
Ugh, Kansas City. I have City, no problem with that because you have markets. Well, the two markets I think the the number one market that needs to be filled with a hockey team is Houston. That is the fifth largest TV market in the country and doesn't have a hockey team. Now, so and they have the arena where the Rockets, you know, where right. the Houston Rockets play. So they have an arena that's ready, the state of the art, ready to go. And Houston has uh, the other one's Kansas does, City. Does Houston have um, they only have one NBA team, right? No, they have yes. two. They have the Ma- Mavericks and the Rockets. Well, it's Texas. I'm sorry, Houston. I'm in Texas. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Texas has two <laughs> NBA teams, correct? Right. Um, they have two baseball teams. Oh, and no, three. They have San Antonio. Oh, right. They have two baseball teams. Yep, and they have the Cowboys and the Texans, correct? Right. So I guess mm-hmm. they're due. I guess they're due. Oh, it's, I mean, just, it's a huge TV market that you're missing out on having a hockey team in, and uh, with a built-in I mean, rivalry. I, I've with been Dallas. to the Dallas Arena; it's gorgeous. I mean, it's beautiful. The Rangers got crushed that night. Mm-hmm. That was. I don't know if I told this story. That was the ten-two <laughs> tobacco with yes. when Lundqvist had the flu and Balaket was in that. And then they yep. got Sean Avery two days later. I actually went down there to see Sean Avery did play, but Sean. Anyway, Sean Sean McCaffrey loves to. Yeah, oh god. Game. I said I'll never. <laughs> I went home and my dad told me a great great game you saw. He goes, Sam Rosen said they should institute a mercy rule in that game. <laughs> oh, great! It probably won. I had great seats for that game too. I'm so mad. I wound up just going to the to the bar and drinking. The so did Balaket. Oh, he was terrible. But um, <laughs> um. But yeah, I can yeah. see Houston being being the number one spot that the NHL would like to fill. Um, Kansas City built an arena for hockey like ten years ago, similar to yeah, like the Quebec. Another- Quebec just went out and built a state of the art arena, I think like eight years ago. And it's I know, but is that be another struggling small market franchise? Kansas City, I mean, the Royals don't draw. I mean, they won a championship, the but they stuck. All right, y- yes, the Chiefs. Yeah, I guess that's that's but. The Royals won a championship, and now they, soccer they team can't for win all intents and purposes. And they've been terrible for years. Their soccer team is one of the best drawing uh, soccer team. You know, MLS. I'm not an not MLS person. Neither do I. I've only just seen it politically. The um, the mayor of Kansas City getting gets rave reviews all over the place, and part of it is the fact that the amount of money that they pumped into infrastructure yeah. for all these sports teams. So I can. Kansas City is a city I could see, but I, I mean, it would, to me, Houston is the no-brainer. It, that way, it right? keeps it on the yeah. south. It, it, division-wise, it's going to be in the central mm-hmm. division because Arizona is already in the central division now this year. So you don't have to do any type of realignment. You have a built-in rival right there with Dallas. It's another team that's close enough to, to Colorado's poor avalanche guys. Got to fly a thousand miles to play every game. So to me, that's the logical one. Quebec would be great. I mean, it would be awesome for them to go to Quebec. It should. It would be awesome for them to go to Hartford. Oh, God. I don't think they'll ever <laughs> happen. Yeah. Bring the Whalers back. Great? I mean, have you ever been to a Wolfpack game up there? Oh, no. dude, it's fun, man. Um, so the year of the lockout, I went to the Wolfpack mm-hmm. home opener. And it was the same night. So um, I, we go to the game, and uh, Tutin was on the team, Maxim Kondrachev. It was a bunch of guys. I think Matt Gil. I think Matt Gilroy was on that team for some reason. I don't know why. I think he signed like an AHL contract. And it was the same night um, that uh, the Yankees went up three zero to Boston. Um, and that was the year they collapsed. They they won, they lost four straight. And I remember driving home and and I was like, you know, it was just it was just because I really got into baseball obviously because there was no hockey going on. 
and just remember right. that game. But uh, I went up there another time, and um, there's a really great bar up there called City City Steam. I think it's still there, and it's actually a really just a really cool city to go to a game with, and good nice nightlife. It, it was actually was a lot of fun. So definitely, uh, awesome. you know, have some time going bucket list. It's actually really a really cool place to see a game. <laughs> so I've been there a couple of times. So I'm pissed I never got to see them when the Whalers were there. That would have been cool. But I yeah. did see the Rangers play in Atlanta before they left against the against the yeah, just, uh, Hartford had already moved to Carolina before I was going to be able to go to a road yeah. game. So they moved in, what, 97, 98? Was it that? Yeah, you might be right. That sounds about right. I know 97 is when Winnipeg moved. And I almost, for whatever reason, I always think that they moved the same year. It, that sounds... That sounds pretty accurate. I remember we so in '95. I remember we needed to beat Hartford in Hartford in a game down the stretch to get into a, the eighth seed for the playoffs. And I remember me and my buddy. So I was what 14. So me, me and my buddy Mike were like, yeah, we're trying to convince our parents. Yeah, we're just going to ride our bikes to uh, to Port Jefferson for Merrick. Hmm. Nonetheless, you guys know Long Island's all the way on the South Shore. Port Jefferson's all the way on the North Shore. It's probably a good like thirty-five mile bike ride. We're just gonna ride our bikes to Port Jeff to take the ferry to Connecticut, and then ride our bikes from from Bridgeport up to Hartford. Hartford's a hike. Wasn't really well thought out. This, this, these are MapQuest days. Oh, you know, we would have to print out from MapQuest. Yeah, back I then. remember. I remember when um, if you had AAA, you can go to like the MapQuest like Central, and they they print out all your stuff for you, and, and they'd have it there. Because I went to Carolina <laughs> to see the Rangers play. It was actually Lindros's first. Um, season as a ranger and i was at mm-hmm. that game in raleigh for his first game but uh yeah so the whalers last season was uh 97 97 yeah, yeah. 97 96 97 was that last year yeah i always for whatever i was always i always thought that they were the same year that they both yeah. franchises moved and they did the right thing by getting winnipeg back and if there wasn't a COVID environment i think quebec would be a viable option to get to get another they, team. Yeah. I, There's also always talk, and you hear it all the time on NHL Network, which is basically a Toronto sports uh-huh. network to begin with. But why doesn't Toronto have two teams? I don't know. They could easily support a second pro uh, team. I just think Canada in general. I, I just don't. I just don't. I understand. Toronto's different. I think Toronto is the one city in Canada that could support two hockey teams. I mean, New York s- supports three. I don't count the and Toronto, for all intents and purposes... Yeah, listen, I mean, I guess yeah. – That's there yeah, in New York. I don't know. That's a great point. I don't know the demographics as good as, as I should. Mm-hmm. Um, I should probably – I have a few friends up in Toronto. I asked them what, how they should yeah. feel about it. But I know they were talking about – you hear the locals – The Blackberry oh, guy was talking about Hamilton. the team to Ontario, onto Hamilton once, wasn't he? Yeah, so that Hamilton's the city that they try and talk about, but that's more like the Islanders. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good city, but it's, you know, it's suburban. Whereas just putting a second team in Toronto shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, I don't know. I guess the Maple Leafs would would just block it. I get that. Why would they want to split any of their revenue with a with a with well, another? Does it really team? matter? I mean, they're still the second to be the second richest franchise in the sport, right? I mean, is yeah, it really going to make true. that big a difference? I, they're not going to lose their regular fans. If anything, they might lose no some outskirt fans. And I mean, look, look at the look at it. Look right, at the Rangers. Which, I mean, they've been terrible. Let's be let's be fair. One championship in eighty years, but yet 
there I mean it's a desirable place for people to play. The fan right. base is is ravaged, is ravaged people, you know. I mean, they travel to see the team play. They sell out. I mean, even when they've been mediocre, they still sell out. They're still a hot ticket to go to. And, you know, they're still competing with the Islanders and the Devils. But since the Islanders have been in the league, so that's 72. Right. Devils didn't get here till mm-hmm. 82. Other than the seven-year drought, we've always been relevant. We've never been bad, bad at any point. Like even these two lottery, you know, we got the first overall and second overall. Neither of those seasons would be really awful. Listen, I honestly, I go back and look at those seven years and I look at the team, the players that are on those teams, and I see the one common denominator, poor goaltending. And defense. I still always thought it was our defense more than the goaltending, other than the two Dunham years. The two Dunham years were bad. And Richter towards the tail end, his last two seasons, he was not good. And I I love Mike Richter and, and, you know, I'm – and he, I guess you know it's it's not to go, go off on a different tear, but with Vic, with Richter, I, I was I was always Today's a, day for I was always a Dan Facebook guy first. I mean, that's who I grew up. He was the first goalie uh, here. I liked Richter. Right. I'm I'll never, but I never was in love with him. I never mm-hmm. was like oh you know, he was a good goalie, well, but uh, he just well to me Beezer was always more fun to watch. I don't know. I don't know. Again, this is this is as a kid for me. You know, Beezer was gone by the time I was I was mm-hmm. twelve. So, but for whatever reason, I always I always liked Beezer better as well. But then, obviously, ninety four right, happened right away, and that quickly erased it. Of course, <laughs> I you know what it is too, bro. I, I'm just I'm tired of hearing the ninety four. I am. I, I'm just yeah, so sick and tired of hearing about ninety four. It's like nothing else existed before. It's like nothing existed before. And now it's nothing existed in between. It's now, now it's all about Henrik Lundqvist. And now since he didn't win, he's going to kind of be somewhat of a footnote. In, in you know, he's going to be Patrick Ewing. He's going to be Don Mattingly. He's going to be Patrick Ewing. That's yeah. that's oh. essentially who who he is. I've said I've made the Ewing comparison for the last like ten years. Well, not ten. I've made the Ewing comparison since like 2018, where I said I'm not going to take it for granted the way I took Ewing for granted. Right. And let's be let's be real. I, I mean, I, I couldn't I couldn't run Patrick, and I was a don't get me guys. I was as big of a Ranger fan as I am. I was the same with the Knicks in the nineties. I couldn't wait for them to, especially after we had Sprewell and Camby running up and down the court. Could not I couldn't get Patrick Ewing out of New York fast enough. I was so sick of you know the half court offense. Mm-hmm. Not to go on a basketball mm-hmm. tangent here. I don't want any of you guys turning this off. But bottom line was I took Ewing for granted, and I swore I would not do that with Hank. And I didn't. I, I don't think anyone. I went. Did. I went to more games when they, when we were awful in sixteen, in seventeen, eighteen. Like I was saying to you guys last week about me, you know, sneaking down, you know, to Delta Club seats. It was one of the most fun years. Is I got to sit, you know, ten feet behind mm-hmm. Hank's net, directly behind him. Like I would have to move left to right to block to get out of the, um, you know, the goal light. The goal light was in my <laughs> way. So, and I'll put I'll put up a couple of pictures from from the seats so you guys can see awesome. what I'm talking about. I'll put them up on Twitter and in the Facebook group. But um, yeah, I I even put out a, a Instagram saying like, I'll never take this for granted. I'm sitting behind the best that we've ever had every night, and even though we sucked, didn't matter. I was still I was still right there. I never I never took it for granted. Never will. That's great. So uh looks like Chris Drury went out and re- found his replacement, yeah. uh, Ryan Martin. 
What do we know about uh, Ryan Martin? The Marty Party over here. From what I read, that's a Jones Beach reference. Yeah. If anyone, if anyone picked up what on was that. that, the Marty oh, yeah. Party. That's a Jones Beach oh, reference. Really? That's I thought the it was guy, a creepy Frazier. guy that used to always walk around Jones <laughs> Beach. Like so, I was like eighteen, like college age. And this guy was probably like 35, 40 years old, and he would just start inviting everybody to his Marty Party. And it was like for years you'd see this guy all over the place. I'm sure I'm not the only one who knows about this Marty Party guy. <laughs> I, I know that's from an episode of Frasier. Uh, his father called it a Marty Party. Um, <laughs> Martin comes uh, 16 years with the Red Wings. 12, he served as the general manager. Uh, he served uh, collective bargaining agreement, administration, compliance, salary compliance, salary cap manager, player contract research, analysis, salary arbitration preparation. He uh, was also the general manager of the Grand Rapids Griffins. Under him, captured two Calder Cup championships over a five-year span. Uh, I think it's just another indication of the changing of the guard from Sather Gordon to a new age way of thinking, a different philosophy, and just Drury putting his stamp on, on the team. Plain and simple. Yeah. I have no, this is great or this is awful or anywhere in between, you know, about the, about the move. I guess this is something where it'll happen <laughs> and we'll, we'll judge it based off of uh, results. You know, I've never heard of the guy. I mean, he's obviously qualified. You know, he held a very similar role for Detroit for a very long time under Devilano and Ken Holland. So, yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't know what else to uh, to say as far as this is concerned. I guess we're going to see what kind of stand. This is a move, and these all these off season moves for front office personnel is just something we're going to have to wait and see what happens because obviously we don't know. We don't know, right? And like you talked about last week, you brought it up, and, and it's a great point, and and I second it. Is I mean, the moves they've made this off season so far are moves that I think Gordon and, and JD would have made anyway. And I think, I again, I mean, all I'm hearing, and it's kind of calmed down a lot. I think fans have finally settled into the offseason. I think it's this, the Twitter has definitely calmed down a lot. The difference, and I don't want to I don't want to completely go back mm-hmm. to it because we've already beaten it over done the, so much on it. With it. <laughs> but I think Gordon would have gone for the draft pick for Booch over the player. So they got Blay in a second. I think he would have just traded him for a first round pick and found another way to get play or a similar player to play, you know, from somewhere else. Yeah. My opinion. I don't. Gordon liked getting first round picks for everybody. That he did. He liked first round pick conditions and all that fun stuff too. So, yeah, he was very, he loved being in that first round. Listen, that's when you win championships. I mean, I understand. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't. That's maybe that. I guess you do and you don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you need you need to draft well, plain and simple. Right, right. you, you draft, draft in the well. first round, the second round. But if you if you if we have when we have Russ on again and or Steve, the, the percentage it's incredible. And and um, I heard this on a prospect show once about the percentage of players drafted in the first round that make the NHL is I think they say like thirty percent or twenty percent. And I think after that, it drops ridiculously. It, it, the odd, it just the the way it was explained to me, and I and I got I don't want to speak out of turn, but 
it was really uh, a small number the, the way the way it was explained. Um, I know twenty mm-hmm. percent doesn't seem like a lot. So no, but it must have been plays X amount, plays of, seasons X amount of seasons or X seasons, amount of yes, games. It might have been played yeah. a certain amount of games. Maybe played a hundred yeah. games, something along those lines. Um, right. But if you go, you know, look, just look at the statistics and look, look. I mean, look at any team's draft. Nine times out of ten, mm-hmm. it's their first round picks, the one that's playing. Um, right, and then, and then maybe one, one other, other guy. guy. I mean, the Rangers right. have had a few drafts where they've had. I mean, the one draft that they had no first or second round pick, they wind up with, I believe, Ryan Graves, Buchnevich, and Anthony Duclair in one draft. Right. I mean, that's that's better than some drafts teams have, you know, with a first round and a second round pick. So, and then you go back to the draft post lockout, and you have sixteen, you know, six first and second round picks, and one guy has an impact. So, right, it is what it is. And then you have drafts like Tampa with, you know. I don't know if they're all the same year, but I mean they've taken Brett Connolly and Slater mm-hmm. Cuckoo in the first right. round, but they wound up with Braden Point and Kucherov in the second right. and third. You know Andre Pilat. Yeah, I don't know if that's all the same draft, but yeah. just in general. Listen, scouting the, sometimes you just get lucky. You know, I mean, I'm not saying oh, anyone's a genius. Without a doubt. Um, sometimes you just step in. Well, you step it's all in projections. Shit. It's the way it is. You're drafting a kid at 18 to try and know what he's going to be at 22, 23. You don't know how much that kid's going to work, how hard that kid's going to work after exactly. 18. Exactly. And did, did anyone think – Henrik Lundqvist is a seventh-round pick. Did anyone think he was going to be a future Hall of Famer, a Vezina Trophy winner? Mm-hmm. No. No way. Or he wouldn't have lasted that long. I, I mean, it's it's incredible. Did anyone think Shesterkin was going to be a guy that's going to get four years, six million? <laughs> well, you definitely didn't. Um, yeah, it's – listen, I, I mean, but we – listen, the difference with Lundqvist is he came out of nowhere. And let's be fair. Kevin Weeks went into, and you and you brought up, I believe, was it Chris Holt was the other goalie? Yeah, Chris Holt. I mean, yeah. they had. I don't think Brendan Halverson was on. Was Brendan Halverson part of that? Was he on the team at that point? Oh my God, Brendan Halverson's like toward the end of Hank's career. Is he that far? Twenty four. Halverson's the same year as Igor. Oh no, then I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of a different goalie. <laughs> it, You're thinking of Montoya? No, it was somebody else. Uh, we drafted well, the Ra- oh, the Rangers yeah. drafted in the Sharapanov draft. They drafted this goalie, Antoine Lafleur. He was their second round pick, yeah, second round, and he yeah. never even sniffed the NHL. And nope. the Rangers have had been Not notorious another- for drafting goalies in the second round that have been bombs. And that that he's yep. one. Halvidsson's the second one, another one, and we'll see. This Olaf Limbaugh might be the third one coming to a theater near you. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. But you don't listen. Lundqvist came out of the out of left field. Nobody knew about him, and uh, sometimes those are the picks that kind of you know set your set your franchise to a different tra- uh, uh, trajectory. So we'll see what happens. Right. So what do you think of Owen Power staying in college? <laughs> it's funny. I, I saw that today, and I started laughing at myself. And it's been out there that this is the first first round pick, first overall pick to. Mm-hmm. Not playing the NHL in his first season since Eric Johnson, fifteen years. I do think he will play. I, I listen. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, if I'm Owen Power, you're going to sign. Buffalo is a shit show. They're dealing with all this stuff with our buddy. You know, uh, dealing with all that, all that nonsense. It's uh, they have no goaltending. I mean, it's embarrassing, the two goalies they brought in. 
Uh, they re-signed Dukarski and they brought in Craig Anderson. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I'm him, you're not setting him up for uh, you're not setting him up in a good situation. So stay in college one more year, dominate, get good about yourself, give Buffalo some time to kind of figure out everything that's going on, get rid of all these distractions, and then come in and play. Yeah, but he's going to want to get to his UFA as soon as humanly possible. So that's why I think he's going to sign as soon as the college season. He ends. might. That's he just my. He that's he might. Yeah, he said he's like the only reason he. You know, he. he let's let's be honest. He missed frat parties. <laughs> there were no frat parties listen, this past no, year. He missed the lifestyle. Let's also of look at it. Playing college I mean, hockey. Listen, you and I would give up our left arm to play in the NHL. You know, he's 100%. obviously in a, in a in a world. He's a world class player in a different bracket than you and I could, could even right. dream of. But you dream about playing in the NHL. You wouldn't you want to get there as fast as you could? If you if you're good enough, you're the first overall pick. I mean, you're not drafted in the fifth round. The first overall pick. It's a little different. I think because of the, but I also the, the class that he came in. Let's see what happens. What what does has Benier signed? I don't know if he signed. Matty Beniers? I know McTavish signed so you got, third overall pick with Anaheim. Right. I'm just I'm talking about just the Michigan guys though. I so you got all these Michigan guys who I don't who I think are all going back. I don't think Luke Hughes is going to go back. Luke Hughes hasn't even gone there yet. I thought he played with them. I thought wasn't he one of the Michigan guys that was playing there? No, he was. He's committed okay, to Michigan. Sorry, so you're, you're more yeah. the, the college so person. It's, than it's me. Power, Beniers, and uh, Kent Johnson. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe that's the plan. Yeah, they all kind of agreed. Like before the draft, they they all said that they were going to go back. That they were going to go back to school for the year. That to, they didn't get the college experience and. Because of COVID, they had uh, COVID uh, shutdown just before the Frozen Four. So they weren't able to win a, go win a national championship together either. So they all kind of missed out on this because of COVID. And I think that there's just a close bond between the three guys that they all said, listen, the NHL's not going anywhere. It'll be there when we're done. Especially someone like Kent Johnson's 160 pounds. I'm sure he's not trying to run to the NHL. Right listen, now. I mean, that's just me. I don't know guys, uh, Carlo, yeah. Kaliakovo. I'm not a fan of his. He's douche. He um, he made a point of you know he said oh I'm not I'm not judging him but you know one of those but mm-hmm. listen I think he's making the right decision I, I I think Darlene hasn't really progressed the way he I mean these events would take time they take time it's also a lot of pressure gets and put that's on the other thing you really player. want to be this team's savior right now with all the shit right. that's going well, look on what it, look what it did to Eichel what that's why that relationship's ruined. Which what are you talking about? Oh, Eichel with Eichel's with relationship Kevin with Adams? Buffalo, yeah, because he was brought in to be a savior of a franchise that wasn't <laughs> ready to be saved. You know, but that team did try to spend money; they just spent it on the wrong guys. It's it starts at the top, and I say it with the Jets, and I, I've said it for years with the Mets. It, when you have horrible ownership who makes horrible decisions as far as who they bring in to run the organization who then makes awful decisions on who they have to manage the team. It's a trickle down. It's why the same teams in every sport are always good. The Pittsburgh Steelers are always good. The Baltimore Ravens are always good. For the most part, the Giants were always good. And, you know, well, the Jets were good when they had Purcell Parcells run in the show, right? Right, right. Uh, I'm not a big football fan <laughs> you at all. Get out of the way. Yeah, I mean, listen. It's just the, the same teams are always good because it all starts from the top. 
I've always said that about football. I, I just feel like the same the teams are the same teams are always good and the same teams are always bad. I don't. I, right. Nothing ever changes. And the reason I use football is because of the hard cap. It's the only sport that has a hard cap like hockey. Baseball, you could just outspend everybody. Doesn't matter. You got to spend on the right guys. I mean, I, listen. Speaking of the, you know, just not to get on a Mets tangent, but you know, they, you know, they thought they brought in the right guys. I mean, you know, when they brought in Alomar right. all those years ago, he was coming off a fantastic season, and he mm-hmm. falls off a cliff. They brought in Carlos Baerga, falls off a cliff. You know, Bobby Bonilla, when, when they got him, he was still relatively decent. Falls off a cliff. I mean, you, what are you supposed to do? The difference with the Mets opposed to, like, say, the Yankees or, or the Red, or the, you know, the Rangers and the Islanders and the Paris is they, they can they can kind of correct their mistakes and they kind of go away. I mean, every team seems to make them, but I don't know. That's why they, that's why all the well, fans saw, are glowing about the Panarin contract. Islander, the Islanders are a perfect example. For years they were misrun. For thirty years they were run like a fucking Can you good that team would have preschool. Been they would have kept Spezza, uh, kept Luongo, kept. Chara. But the ownership changed. The ownership changed. You know, Wang was gone. Ledecky and his partners come in. I don't know the rest of that. I know Ledecky. And there's Lou. There's Trotz. Listen, that roster is not that. It's not overly talented, but they are run the right way with the right people. And all of a sudden, they're, they're turning into a model franchise in the league. They're going to have a brand new arena. It's going to smell like horseshit, but it is a brand new arena. And they're coming off, you know, back to back years with with success. Mm-hmm. You know, those are deep runs in the playoffs. So it, it just goes to show. I mean, it's not like they, it's not like they they didn't win a lottery. They didn't sign a top center to come in, or they don't have a Nars Trophy defenseman. Pelic's really good, but he's not. I think that's why they're never going to win. I mean, they're but they get. Well, let me there. ask you a question. Doesn't this team slightly remind you slightly of the fourteen, fifteen teams that we had? Yeah, all well, opposite because we relied on a goalie. They just rely on a system. Yes, hardworking. I mean, right. granted, we had Nash, who was our games. who was our guy, who was supposed to be our guy, um, but most of the other guys were. You know, Brad Richards was supposed to be. I mean, he wasn't even here in fifteen. I mean, he was only here for the one, the two. I mean, the twelve the run and the yeah. fourteen run. Twelve and fourteen. You know, he was only here for three years. He was brought in to be a savior. That didn't pan out. Um. So, I mean, they're very reminiscent of our our teams, where there's no, right. they're not built strong down the middle. I mean it. it I don't, I don't know. I think they're going to have a very short shelf life. Now, listen, Lamarello, who I can't stand for many reasons, who thinks he knows everything <laughs> and you know he hasn't won shit since the uh, since the Devils, since there was no salary cap, is hiding his salary cap space. He doesn't want anyone to know what his salary cap space is. They re-signed, you know, Sezikis. They re-signed Palmieri. They, re- they signed Parisi. They seem to be trying to get Tarasenko in here, which you know, God bless them. But I, I don't know. I don't know if they're any better. I don't know if they got better either. I mean, they might have gotten better just from a um, just an experience and a, and a team and a team building situation, but I don't mm-hmm. know if they're any better. I guess we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. The other thing that's really bothering me because we're going to get all right. So we were supposed to have Russ Cohen on uh, for this show. Russ actually is under the weather. Russ, feel better, man. Yes, if you're definitely. listening. Um. So he's going to join us next week. We were going to do a whole 
show of what ifs. Um, with the big one, you know, me and Rock are both huge Eric Lindros mm-hmm. fans. And, you know, the second, you know, Eric Lindros in a Ranger uniform never worked out the way you know any of us yeah. would have wanted. But we were going to go over what would have happened if the arbitrator had ruled in our favor instead of Philly's favor. And he would have been a Ranger from day one. How would the organization have been different? Um, we're going to save that for when Russ can come on, hopefully next week. But we had some others, and you guys were awesome as far as giving us feedback in the uh, on the Facebook group. As far as you know, what about this? And yeah, what keep if that, that coming. What if this? Please. What if that? Especially yeah. right now, where there's it, nothing it going gave on. Us our, it, yeah, it gave us a lot for our mm-hmm. list. Uh, the big one that Rock really wants to get into, and none of you guys came up with this, and I wouldn't have either. Curtis Joseph. There was rumors we were going to sign Curtis Joseph in what ninety nine? The ninety nine off. Uh, excuse me, the ninety eight off season. And Richter was a was a would have been a UFA right. that they year. They both were UFAs that year. They were both UFAs. Um, yeah, I mean, th- I remember. I'll never forget this because um, uh, I was actually senior in high school. My parents had a, a summer house in the uh, Delaware Ward again, Pocono area. So I was driving back and forth, and mm-hmm. back then the fan actually used to talk about hockey. And I'll never forget it because I, I remember this guy, a guy Kurt Menefee, was on covering uh, during the summer, and they talked about this all summer. You know, Curtis Joseph Rangers, and and at one point. It seemed like it was very close. Richter, I believe, had um, a tentative deal with Florida to go down to Florida. That I think even when he didn't re-sign, when he re-signed with the Rangers, um, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Murray was furious because he thought he had a deal agreed with them. <laughs> so Curtis Joseph was the guy the Rangers were looking at. Now, I don't know at the time if it was because. Um, you know, the Rangers were playing hardball with Richter. I, I don't remember the contract numbers. I could look them up if people really care about that. I was just looking at the sheer statistics. Um, so Richter, so I'm just looking from the rest of Richter's career. So we're looking at the 98-99 season. Uh, through Richter retired, um, again, 2002-2003. During that span, the Rangers did not make the playoffs, uh, obviously. Uh, they... Richter won, didn't win 30 games. He came cl- the only season he came close to with that was his first season, 98, 99. He won 27. He won 27, 22, 20, 24, and 5 in his last um, – No, 30 wins. Uh, his last five seasons. One, two, three. I'm sorry. His last – yes, last five seasons with the Rangers. He won mm-hmm. – um, like, what is it? Around 180 games, something like that. Not even – um, Joseph, looking at his numbers, now he went on to sign with Toronto. He uh, played uh, 67 games, 63 games, 68 games, 51, and then he went to Detroit and played 61 with them. So just going from just looking at the comparison for the five years that Richter was played to the five years Joseph played. Joseph had uh, one, two, three. He had four 30 point, uh, 30 win seasons. He. Uh, what were their ages at the time? Uh, I can look that up for you right <laughs> now. Um, give me one second. I'll get that for you. But just to give you oh no, just another comparison while I'm looking that up, Richter during that span mm-hmm. had six shutouts. Joseph during that same span had um, – did the math. First off, his, his, uh, his, he had 20 in his first two seasons with Toronto. Shutouts. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. 
I had notes for this and I and I misplaced them. I want to apologize. So I'm doing this a little <laughs> off the cuff. So please forgive me for this. Joseph had uh, he had 18 shutouts in the same span. Richter had six. Uh, the, as for the ages, they're they were the same age. They oh, were the, the same, same age. age. Okay. 54. They're both exactly the same age. So Joseph – and then Joseph actually wanted up playing one, two, three. He wanted up playing in an additional six seasons where he was average. Yeah, better health. Yeah. All right. So he definitely had a longer career. So I always bring that up because I, I think that you and I discussed – I mean the big thing I think with those those you know, two, you know, from 96, 97, which was the last year they were in the playoffs – through that seven-year span where they didn't make the playoffs, my opinion was it was their goaltending. I mean, to me, they still had decent. They still had decent. They still had Leach. Um, they had. Uh, yeah. Can we th- can we talk about that for yeah. just for a second? And I'm. I mean, there is no bigger Brian Leach is referred to as God in my house. There, there is no bigger Brian Leach fan walking the face of the earth than myself. He, after I would say ninety. 98, like right around the 98, 99, he got, he had an injury in one of those years. To me, he was never the same player after that. Yeah. I'm, I want to say that was, I'm, lo- I'm looking at it right now. That was yeah, the 99, was 2000 like season where you only played 50 games. Yeah, that was it. But I mean, look, it was never they had the some same. decent defensemen though. I mean, old Samuelson was still on the team. They had um, Kim Janssen. They had Matthew Schneider. All right. Yeah, I mean, Leach was still here. Bukaboom played one more year. I mean, Rich Pilon was a serviceable defenseman. He wasn't phenomenal. God, I hated Pilon. They had Slafave. They had Quintale. I mean, these were guys they brought in that were on, on decent right. teams that did well at the time. But for whatever reason, I, I, I still – to me, it still goes back to they didn't have that solid goaltending. Then Richter gets hurt. Right. They bring in Dan Blackburn. He's not ready for the show. They had bring signed Kirk McLean. He was past his prime. They were expecting him from the 94 Stanley Cup finals. I mean, <laughs> I just look at that. And I, I, I always – Guy Bear. Yeah, God. Oh, some of the goalies. Milan Hinalichka, Yaramev, I mean, J.F. Lube. Oh, God. The list goes on and on. Johan Holmquist. But, I mean – Poor Sam. Could you imagine Sam having to go through oh, all geez, those goalies at this age? Get it. But I, that's the one I always think about um, – and I'm going to dive a little bit more into it when we do it with Russ. I want to ask him some questions. Maybe he remembers a little more than me. But I'm also want to pull up. Toronto made the playoffs. Toronto and Detroit. Now Detroit was a powerhouse, so I won't really compare them. But right. Toronto. Yeah. I mean, Joseph was a stud in those playoffs too. I mean, one time they went. They won 14 games. They won. Two, so they won two rounds. I mean, his goals against average was under three. I mean, he was phenomenal for them. So. My, I always beg the question: What if the Rangers signed Joseph instead of bringing Richter back? And this just goes to show right. you again what loyalty can do to a franchise. You know, maybe you make the playoffs one year. All right, and I'm not saying Curtis Joseph is the savior, but he was obviously in better health and had better longevity than Richter did. Now, again, did we know Richter was going to have? The knee injury. Right, that's know, the thing. I mean, is it's hard to, me, to predict that. To me, but to me, Richter was heading down and a down. He was played a lot of games, and he was heading the year before. Mm-hmm. Played seventy-two games. 
The year before he signed that contract, played 72 games. And, you know, just looking at his numbers from the year before, he only won 21, 21 and 31 that season. Only 21 wins. So he's definitely heading down that slippery slope. I got to go back and look what the contract was. And if there was a big disparity, I think maybe Richter only signed Mm -hmm. for three years. Joseph wanted four. Now, and also, like we talked about, I don't remember at that time, that was right before Dolan came in. Because I'm telling you right now, the Rangers would have had Curtis Joseph. I think, I think honestly, it was a money thing back then. I could be wrong because they were still penny pinching with money. You don't think it was just a loyalty thing to Richter? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I would love. Leach was That's still here. another Neil Smith question that I would love to have. Yeah. Another Neil Smith so question. Let's I'd love get to into. Have. Let's get into um, the Rangers signed Joe Sackick to an that was offer sheet. Great one. And think of, dude, think about. Do you remember the why we used to get? Do you remember why we Sackick? Uh, why the why the offer sheet was matched by Colorado? Do you remember the circumstances surrounding that? Uh, I know how to do with Air Force One, the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I know that had to do with it. Yep. And I mean, like we talked about, like with Sackick, and we said it. I mean. Dave, that was Dave Checkets. I mean, he wanted them to to offer yeah. sheet everybody, and and I know Neil Smith was not a fan of it. I always question. I always wonder what Sackick would have been for those teams if he would have been the difference. And I understand you would have had Gretzky and Sackick. Maybe Gretzky would have played a little longer. I don't think Gretzky was done when Maybe. he retired. I just think he saw the direction of the team. And didn't want to go no. anywhere else. There was no. nowhere I mean, else to 37 go. Years wasn't old, going back going. to Edmonton. Yeah. You know, um, so, I mean, I'm curious to see. I mean, who do you, do you have the, who the first round picks where they would have lost? No. I don't, I don't, I don't even that. think it matters. What not, year was not that? Not prepared for class. So Messi had left. So that was the 90, summer of 97, right? 98, 97. So yeah. they would have lost. Whatever draft pick they he essentially would have replaced, he would have replaced Messier. <laughs> I don't remember if, the, if we signed them to the offer sheet and lost him before we got LaFontaine or after. To be oh, honest, yeah, we lost. No, we we got LaFontaine after. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. We got LaFontaine after. He was the he was the booby prize. You know, <laughs> he was uh, the consolation prize because they didn't have a number two center at that point. I mean, Mark Savard, right, and Colin Campbell. I don't know if you've ever heard this. He didn't want Gretzky. He wanted he wanted to turn it over. He wanted to go with all young players. He didn't want. I didn't want Gretzky either. How can you not want Gretzky? I'll be honest. And I'll be honest with you. That's the only – I think if I remember correctly, that might have been the only move that team made that entire offseason. I own 40 Ranger jerseys. I do not own one piece of Ranger anything really? with Wayne Gretzky on it. I love, you got it. The greatest player I was, to ever play. I was against it. I was, I was always against now, it. Now, why, why was that? Just thought he was done. I was oh, dude, felt the same way against his Colin Campbell. I mean, the, you watched the '97 playoffs, the '96 playoffs, '96 '97 playoffs. He wasn't. I, he wasn't to me. He wasn't the goal scorer anymore, and that was but, what did it for oh, me. Yeah, I guess. But he was always a better. Yeah, I guess he would have, he would have eighty anyway. assists. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, listen. I wanted to get younger. I wanted to see the team with with you know with. See, I, I wanted Kovalev to become you know the, who they built the team around. You know, Leach to take another big step. I wanted Pat Verbeek here. I never wanted them to to lose Pat Verbeek. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I never understood that was, why that he was, left. That was a big mistake. 
the Knicks losing Xavier McDaniel and the Rangers losing Pat for the two like of the nineties big mistakes on on each of those teams. <laughs> like great, great role player. Like guys that could could carry you if you needed them to. That's how great of a role player. The big man scored fifty that year if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, well, that was the oh, other funny was awesome thing. How many Ranger. times did Ranger players get close to fifty? And Messier loved him. Messier yeah. loved Brubeck. That was that was such an oversight to let him again. Let him it was go. not the like you said. It wasn't the endless checkbook that it, it that it turned into be when Dolan took over. You know they were, you know they had certain budget that they had to work with then, and and that's why Ranger fans, listen, you guys love. Uh, a large majority of this fan base loves to kill James Dolan. Prepare yourself for the day that Dolan sells to a group of investors and it's run like a fucking business, not a toy the way Dolan kind of runs it. There will not be an endless supply of money the way there well, is now. Well, this is the cap, so I mean. No, no. Well, the the extras, the, the thing that makes the Rangers great is how is the millions he spends behind the scenes on this mm-hmm. team. You know, the, between what they built in Tarrytown, it's the best facility. I, I in the remember league. when Jason Giambi signed with uh, with the Yankees. He said the difference between he's like you can tell the perks or the the luxuries of playing for the Yankees opposed to playing for another team. He goes the towels were gigantic. I swear <laughs> to God, he said this. He goes they were yeah. plush, they were huge. Like you can wrap them around you twice. That's how big they were and how plush they were. And how first class, and he goes, that's when I realized that I, I wasn't in Oakland anymore. So I met Jason Giambi. What? I said, I met Jason I like Giambi. Giambi. Yeah, I was a fan. Awesome guy. I was a fan. This was right after the apology. Huh. Was it after he lost eight pounds? Or however, however many he lost? Oh, no. He had, remember the, the, the press, his press conference? He's, or, he, or he stood in front of his locker after he said, the, I'm yeah. so, he said, I'm sorry, like six different <laughs> times. and wouldn't say what he was sorry for. Yeah. And every you know every beat writer was trying to get out of him, and he was like getting a little annoyed. Like, I apologize for mistakes that I've made. Wouldn't say why. And so, do you remember the do you remember the club in the city Crowbar? Vaguely, yeah, yeah. So, me and my buddies were out at Crowbar, and we were in the VIP area. We had a table in the VIP area for one of my friend's birthdays. And sitting at the table next, at, we're there already. The people that they see at the table next to us is Jambi and his wife. And John Flaherty, mm-hmm. the uh, backup mm-hmm. catcher, now announcer for mm-hmm. the Yankees. When I say wild man, I don't think I've ever seen anyone party the way John Flaherty parted. No that way. Night. He doesn't seem like that either. John B was, was cool, calm, cool, and collected. Like He was just there with his wife, just having a good time. We did sh- shots of Jägermeister with him. He talked to me for about 20 minutes about Southern about SoCal music. I'm a big Sublime fan, and oh, he's, wow. from, he's from Southern California. So I didn't bring up baseball at all, and that's why I think he sat there. He talked to me for like 20 minutes. We had a really good conversation, did some shots of Jaeger, and I don't do shots at all, but I wasn't saying no to doing shots of Jason <laughs> Giambi. A little starstruck at 24, yeah, 25 awesome, years man. old, whatever. You're not even a Yankee fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I fuck, I told him. The first thing I said, I'm like, I fucking hate the Yankees, but I respect you. That's cool. <laughs> so you probably knew you weren't going to hound him for anything. No, that's awesome. No, that was that was my Giambi yeah. story. Well, I have a I have a sublime tattoo on my arm. So that was the first thing I did. I showed him sublime tattoo. That's I had so on my cool. Arm. That that that's where the conversation oh, wow. went. But really good guy. I don't know how the fuck we got to Jason. Well, Giambi. I was talking about oh, about first about, class, about the organization yeah, first, being first class in general. Yeah, New York. I mean, Sackage. I mean, to go back to Sackage. I mean, 
I, I wonder where the team would have gone if they had Sackick. I don't think those teams' issues were offense-related. I know even though I think the leading goal scorer on that team was 23 for that season, I think mm-hmm. Gretzky, it was a four-way tie, and, and, I, and I don't know why I remember this, between LaFontaine, Gretzky, Kevin Stevens, and John McClain. It was wow. a four-way tie. I think they all had 23 goals, if I'm right. And, I mean, I don't think offense was the issue. To me, their problem was always defense and goaltending. And behind the bench. You don't like Coley Campbell as a coach? It was better than John Muckler. Could take him Ron Lowe. Um, I mean, oh, no. Colin Campbell was much better than Muckler and, and, and Ron Lowe and Trottier. Yeah, no, that's – I goes without saying. But I, I I thought that if we had a better coach, we would have won the cup in '97. Still think that they were banged. They were, I mean, dude, that they were banged up. I mean, they had Dallas Aikens. Were banged up against Florida, not the way they were banged up against Philly. I mean, no Kovalev, no Bukaboom in '97. I mean, they had Ken Janander and Dallas Aikens on their fourth line in the playoffs, and Shane Churla. I mean, you can't you can't win. And if, if I feel like they were missing somebody else, and, I, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, but Russ, Russ Courtnell came in. It was a, a godsend. Yes, the, he did come season. in. Russ Courtnell came in. Courtnell was huge. I want to see. That was, that was such an underrated move that he never gets any credit for. Who, um, Neil, Neil Smith. Smith. I mean, they had a very good team. No I ever- mean, Bruce Driver, Samuelson. You know, they had Bill Berg, which I think he was hurt in the playoffs that yeah. season, too. I mean, Doug Lidster played 48 games for them. That, David Oliver was on that team. <laughs> now, I was going to say, David Oliver. Tegan. I was watching something. They showed David Oliver's first goal. Yeah. I was just watching uh, highlights of something from uh, from that season. And I see Oliver. I'm like, is that David Oliver? I had to go back and actually look they that up. They played 15 playoff games. So they played 15 games that playoff. Um, yeah, Bill Berg only played three. So that's that's a fourth line. Who was the kid. was it? Darren it Langdon Dubé, played ten it? games. It wasn't Dubé, was it? What rookie did we have play? Ken like Nander. eight playoff games. Oh, it was no, Dubé? Dubé played three games. Dubé, right? Eric yeah. Cairns played three games. Ken Nander played nine games. It was the only games he played that season were in the playoffs. He played nine games. Shane Charlotte, fifteen games. Dallas Aikens, four games. Peter Ferraro, two games. This guy's playing in the playoffs. Yeah, Peter Ferraro, that's who I'm thinking. No, it was, yeah, it was Dubé and it was Peter Kovalev, Ferraro. Kovalev, no games. Nemchinov was traded. Noonan was traded. Uh, yeah, Tikkanen played 15. Darren Oliver played three. I mean, these are guys playing on your third and fourth line. I mean, Dallas Aikens played four. I don't think he played. He played three games in the regular season. I don't think he played 30 Philly games in Korea. Deep, though. Philly wasn't deep. It was the Legion. It was the Legion of Doom, which we just couldn't stop. And not having called. They weren't one. a deep team. I'm, I'm, I was wrong. Booker Boom did yeah. play. Played 15 games. I don't know why. I thought he missed. I thought he missed time. I thought we were such a much better team than Philly that year. Mike Eastwood played 15 games. Doug Lister played. These all guys played 15 games. Yeah, but Eastwood playoffs. wasn't a bad player in a, like for playoff hockey. What's that? Eastwood no, wasn't, wasn't a bad. bad player for playoff hockey. But I mean, no Bill Burke, which. I mean, I'm not saying he's the godsend, but no. But for playoff hockey, those, those are the type of guys, of guys you need. Yeah. No right. Kovalev. That hurt. Nicholas Sundstrom only played nine games. I mean, he was your second. He had 52 points that year. Now, granted, he played with Gretzky, but 
He said he played, had help. 52 points. <laughs> the fourth leading scorer on that team. I'm sorry, fifth leading scorer was, was uh, Nicholas Sundstrom. Yeah. Ask Brian Rust. That, playing, playing with guys like uh, Gretzky and Crosby, that'll oh, help. 100%. <laughs> Cortland has seven points in the playoffs. Tekanen had 12. Tekanen had the most points. I'm sorry, I'm lying. Gretzky had the most points. Tekanen had the second most points. Tied with Messier for 12 in those playoffs. We were so much deeper than that Philly team. We just we had no answer for Lindros. None. And LeClaire, I mean. They were beaten. That team was beaten up, though. That team was – I remember that team being very beaten up. Yeah. What are you going to do, man? I mean – But that – I don't know. To this day, I always thought that team should have won a cup. And I just – I never thought Colin Campbell was the right guy. Colin Campbell was the next guy up after they were left in a bad spot by Keenan. What do you think about Dick Todd and Billy Morris as the assistants? (laughs) (laughs) I was worried about smoking weed and um, trying to get a blowjob at that age. I wasn't worried about Dick Todd in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> what was that? Ninety-seven. I was sixteen years old. <laughs> Bigger things on my on my mind than uh, Dick Todd. Or what was the other guy? Was it Ron, Ron Smith? Left us after uh, Nielsen was gone, and he was on the Vancouver bench. Well, they remember they in, signed uh, him. He was the, remember he was the interim head coach when they after yeah. they fired um, Niel- Nielsen. They put the jacket on him. <laughs> For the interim coach, you need to put a jacket on the guy? Now they don't even have press conferences. Oh, let me ask you this. Do they have a press conference for the Knicks? For this guy, Walker? I I don't. I, I think don't they attention. did, dude. I think they had a press conference for this guy. So this is just going to be the way the Rangers now, are Now, listen. I don't know. Listen, I'm telling you right now. The Rangers get Drek Eichel. Oh, they did, yeah, because I saw conference. like Fat Joe was involved somehow. Like Fat Joe was wearing a, yes. a Nick jersey. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. The only reason I know it, I saw a Twitter picture of uh, Kemba Walker right, with Fat, Fat Joe. Joe. That's right. <laughs> I'm just saying, if the Rangers were to make some kind of substantial trade, whether it's for Eichel or, or somebody else, I'm, they'll probably have a press conference for him. I don't know. I mean, they hired a coach and there wasn't a press I conference. I think they're more, I, honestly, from, from what I've heard, now, just from what I've read and, and seen, had more to do I didn't with him not being Gallant. able to get here. His sister just passed away. It might have had to do with, you know, he's I in Canada. Know it might have to do with, like, visa and, and travel situations mm-hmm. and shit like that. I mean, I think it maybe that, had more to do right, with that's that. That's forgivable. I mean, I listen, I could be wrong, but I, just from what I can tell, I just tell you, oh, dude, all I know is we got four weeks yeah. till training camp and it can't come here soon. I'm enough. sick of these Zooms. What's that? Like, for, for access, I'm sick of these Zooms. Yeah, with the oh yeah, some of the beat writers, they're all printing the same bullshit. Yeah, they're all printing the same shit. I mean, he, Carp is Carp is Carp throwing his shit against the wall this well, week? You no, know, he's on vacation. He's on vacation. Yeah, he right? Really, he's just been re- he just retweeted a couple of things that someone else put out, but there's no news, dude. I mean, I just it just amazes me how this offseason just died. It just fell yeah. off a cliff, and it was it was just like it, everyone's goodbye. We're on vacation. It just ended. <laughs> no closure, nothing. Up at cottage. Up at cottage, as they say. I just I just still can't believe I just still, up still at the can't cottage. believe it. I, God, I want a cottage <laughs> so bad. You look like you're in a Thomas Kincaid painting, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nuts. The other one I want to right. bring up, because this is and there's two ways to mm-hmm. go about this one. So it, it and it's it's a it's a close friend that we all know and love. Number sixty-eight in your uh, yearbooks. Number one in your hearts. One of my favorite players. Jeremy all the time too. Love Joe. I, you have to be a really miserable human being to not 
love Yaramir Yager. Yeah, or either that or we're living under a rock. I mean, he resurrected the franchise. <laughs> so you brought up something out. I did. I never. You brought up something we were talking off air yeah. that I never knew of. That they were trying to get Yager the same offseason they that they yeah. got Lindros. Never Sather knew about that. Was trying to get both guys. They would. I think he wanted. He wanted both of them, and I think. The package they gave up for Lindros had some had some um, pieces that I think Pittsburgh won. I mean, Pittsburgh wound up getting Chris Beach, which he was the highlight of the pick, but they didn't get a first-round pick. They had a future consideration, and they got two other prospects. I mean, Chris Beach turned out to be – that 90, I was part of that 99 draft, so right. it is what it is. It turned out to just really be a salary dump where they got back, at the time, a, a top prospect. Right, right, essentially – Seventh, Chris Beach was the seventh overall pick in that '99 mistake, yeah, brutal draft of a draft. Um, I mean, I guess in hindsight, the Rangers could have traded Jamie Lundmark. It would have been the same nonsense, right? But I exactly. think at the time, right. same level. Say there was a fan of Lundmark. I think he was still trying to, you know, work him into the lineup. I mean, he didn't last very long, but no. um, <clears throat> yeah, I remember that vividly. I actually remember calling Fan Sid Rosenberg was on. FAN. Now, FAN used to do – used to be able to go on their website and used to be able to do mm-hmm. Instant Messenger, the host. So I wrote on there, you know, we got Lindros. Now it's time to get Yager. And, and he talked about it for a while. And I, I know for a fact Sid that they talking. tried to wow. get both guys. So, I mean, does Yager and Lindros – I mean, I think they wound up getting Bore the next season. But – So they got Lindros – Right, they they got Bore with twenty games left the following mm-hmm. season. So it was Lindros and Flurry that first year together. Lindros and oh, Theo Flurry, and then, yeah, the, the fly line yeah, with Flurry. Mike York. All right, yeah, and then the, with, for the for the quote unquote playoff stretch, they wound up adding Bore at the end of the o two o three season. And then they have Bure and Lindros for the o three o four season. Well, they Flurry too, though, and at the deadline, at the deadline we got Yager. Right. France and Carter. Yeah. So I don't think that all three were ever in the lineup the same day because Burry had already hurt his knees and was done. Oh, no. Yager – Burry was done that that started that first season. With, right. Uh, or the, well, when Lindros' third season. No, he played a little bit in 0304 in the beginning. Right. He had his hat trick. His Ranger hat trick that, yeah. that year. Bore, listen, Burry, uh, they got yeah, him too the late. The three of them were never in the lineup. Yeah. And we can do this one. This is another what if that we can go into later on. I mean, what if they got Burry when he was in Vancouver and opposed to getting him when he was in Florida? But they want to freaking trade Manny Maholtra. I mean, how many how many trades did they hold that guy back from? Right. And that's why when we're sitting uh, – the person we swore we would never mention his name again. But that's why I don't care about whether we trade Kravtsov, Kako, or any, anyone other than Lafreniere to get someone like Eichel. Because how many times have we sat there and held on to a prospect instead of going out and getting – a guy in his prime. I could name you four guys off the top of my head that they could have got for Manny Malhotra in the trade. Now, they, it was reported. Now, whether it's true or not, I mean. Right, 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 right. But back then, right. as we reminisce in the, on our past, as we've done many times on this <laughs> podcast with the, with the Daily News and the New York Post breaking stories, Solani. John Delapina. Solani, <laughs> Keith Kachuk, Pavel Bore, and Alexander Mogilny were four guys that were all rumored to come to the Rangers, but they didn't want to friggin' trade Dan Cloutier and Manny Malhotra. 
Jesus Christ. I, I mean, I understand. I, I never understood the love fest with Manny Malhotra, not to get on a, on a tangent about him. The, but the the they bragged about this guy. He's going to score 30 goals. Like he never scored more than 18 goals in juniors, but he's going to score 30 in the NHL. I understand players evolve, and that's the way it goes. But right. I mean, come on. I mean, they just loved this guy. They were just obsessed with him. And listen, he went on to have a nice career. He played 15 years in the league. He was a solid fourth-line center. He won face-offs. He killed penalties. But you held him out of trades for Hall of Fame players. For Hall of Fame players in their in primes. In their primes. They could have had when he before he went to when he went, before he went to Florida. It was Malhotra, Cloutier. It was a whole yeah. – even Nicholas Sundstrom. They wound up giving away Sundstrom and Cloutier for nothing. If you right. think back on it, they could have traded both of those guys and gotten a physical player. And I understand what Smith was trying to do. I understand. Bringing an 18-year-old high-scoring superstar. But I don't know. I mean, yeah. But that's why I don't want that's why I don't want history to repeat itself. Because of situations like that. Like imagine and listen, I, I mean I pray to God that Kako's a 70, 80 point player. But let's say we're sitting here five years from now and Kako's a third line guy who scores 35, 40 points. And we passed up Eichel because we don't want to give up Kako. I mean, how bad will that look? It'll look just as bad as it does that we held on to Manny Malhotra instead of getting Pavel Bure. Listen, high size always 2020. Right? I, mean, I mean, how we can look back on every Ranger draft and we can just, we can, yeah. you know, shake our heads and why they do this and why they do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you hope that you're right. And I think that's why I think a lot of us are holding our breath with the whatever pick mm-hmm. or player that Drury trades first, that they don't turn out to right. be the stud that we need to win a championship. The pro- and if it's it was a, someone a, who was 28 or 29 or 30, I would be way more cautious about it. The odds that Kako is going to be what I already know Eichel is, and there's only a five-year age difference between the two players. I honestly, I think to me that whole, this whole situation hinges, hinges on his injury. I think it plays a small role in it. And right. I don't know where they feel with about Sabinajad. I think that's right. until we know what that where they feel about him. I, I just think that we don't not going to know. It's, it's more on. the principle. I don't want to get no, no, into no, an article. We're, 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 we're done. We're done. <laughs> I just mean the no, principle. Of, I'm just I'm just throwing yeah. it out there because you know we don't know. But as far as um, you know, players in, in yeah, general, I mean, we've seen uh, a slew of guys that they've held on to for too long. I mean, I, right. I can rattle off a billion names of players that. I mean, we talk, just talked about Christian Dubé. I mean, my father swore up and down that Christian Dubé was going to be a star. He still owes me $100 from that bet. 150 points in juniors. I mean, the Rangers <laughs> had a guy, uh, Lane Almer, Lane who scored 90, 90, I think he had 180 points in the WHL. He played one game in the NHL for his entire career. Right. I mean, the list goes on and on about players that the Rangers have hyped up that have never panned out. They've... But in fairness, they've never – and from what I can gather recently, they haven't traded away anybody that's really, really come back to bite them in the ass recently. No, Duclair is probably the only one that's even been – you could say is pretty good. Who's that? Duclair. Yeah. 
That's really the only one you could point to, and, and I'm not. I haven't lost one. I haven't lost any sleep. Over minute him. of sleep over, over. I mean, they the traded that guy Sorella in the um, in the deal for, uh, Alexi, Mark, for Eric Stahl. For Eric Stahl. He's bounced around. Yeah. You know, Ryan Graves. Yeah. He's now bounced. He's now on his third team. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, listen, you're going to trade players that are going to play in the league. That's just going to happen. I mean, we've done that plenty of times. But nobody that's but no come back to like be like, oh shit, this guy's a hall of famer. Right or shit, this guy's went on to play ten more years. I mean, Mike Knubel for Rob DeMaio. I mean, Knubel went on to mm-hmm. be a thirty goal scorer. He doesn't like that for the Rangers. No, Mati- no since Matthias Nordstrom, no one we haven't done that to anybody. No, we have given up on guys yeah, too Matthias early. Nordstrom's the last I mean, Ray guy. Shepard, we had him, and we gave oh, him away. One dollar right? Being a you know, did he score? Did he score forty goals? Sure did. We 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 traded one dollar yeah. for him, and I think he left us a free agent. One dollar. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, we have seen it. We haven't seen it recently. I would say Tootin went on to have a nice career. But nobody, Solid, nobody that we traded, none of our prospects that we traded right. went on to be superstars, Hall of Famers. No. So we've been, we've been good with that. Before we wrap mm-hmm. up, I just want to get to part two of Yaga yes. and the what if. Because what if after 2008, he doesn't leave to go back to Russia? Interesting. What what would how much longer would he have been here? Would he have been part of the 2012 team? Would he have been, would he how would Yager have done with Torts? Like these are I things think that would have been fine I'm with Torts. I think that Yager, you know, the, the respect factor uh-huh. is is a big factor. And Yager's no no one worked harder than Yager. I mean, he, he prolonged his career because of his work ethic. The you way imagine? He could you imagine a power play a, for possession that had Rick Nash on one side and Yager hmm. on the other? Yeah, but Nash, I mean, that, they're talking. Would you ever be able to take the from puck from there? Or would you ever be able to take the puck from there? <laughs> no. But I'll tell you one thing. I mean, Nash would have had a shit ton of more points because, you know, Yager had definitely had a better shot than Nash. But, um, oh, not, not even question. Especially that one time around a five on three was automatic. And then remember no, the year I'm, they had I'm him and Shanahan? Curious. And they would just alternate oh, the two of them. <laughs> I yeah, mean, they, that I mean, power play was insane. Five on three. They made Michael Roosevelt look like a power play quarterback. They were all so good. Isn't that crazy, though? Like, you go back <laughs> and you look at those teams that made, that made the playoffs, and you're like, how the fuck did this it's team make the playoffs with this They had one play? line. They had one line. That was it. I, I, you, they had one I, line and it's, some kids. It's just – it's amazing. I, 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 I know during the yeah. lockout – I'm just during the lockout. During the pandemic, during when the season was postponed or whatever, they had a lot of old games on. And I'm watching some of these teams and Freddie Schustrom and Nigel Dawes and Chad yeah. Kalarik. And I mean, just guys, just how did this team even – Ryan Holway, how did this team make the playoffs all those Long years? leg. <laughs> they were terrible. Jason Ward. Oh, God. Or Jason Moore. Yeah. But listen, I mean, I think I think they started turning the corner when they had, when they actually – when they got Drury and Gomez and they had Shanahan and Yager. I think that was the team – I think it was their defense was what killed them. Yeah, yeah, because they still had the same defensive core. They still had Malik and and Roosevelt and made that big trade for Paul Mara. Oh yeah, the fist pump. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, listen, I don't know. But how do you, how do you think the dynamic? Like, how do you think Yager would have fit in with the Torts the Torts uh, teams? I think he would have been fine, man. Honestly, would he have made, would he have been a difference maker? Yeah, remember he was still You're putting up about 60 the points, teams, like, like the, the 2012, like that era. Yeah, yeah, the 12. So Yager's and, and last season teams. was 2008 for the Rangers. 
For the Rangers. And he had 71 points. He never matched that number again. He came close with the no, Devils. No, but he put up, he put up 67 with the Devils? And he yeah. put up 66 with Florida in 1516. That's <laughs> So that's after – right. So now that's already after we've gone to the right. Cup. So he was still capable of putting up at minimum 50 points mm-hmm. and being a force on the power play, which was a weakness for us. We could never score on the fucking power play right. on that team. And that's another big body mm-hmm. guy with a lot of postseason experience that would have been a major help. I don't know, man. That's a fantastic question. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't have an answer for you, to be honest with you. Uh, but that's my big. That's my big. What if of the last like post of the post lockout is what what would have happened if Yager was still here throughout? Like, and was a nice the same way. I you just know, think salary wise, so, you wouldn't have been able to keep him. Well, four. If he was a ten year Ranger, I don't think salary wise, you'd be retiring Yager's number. Why? How much money was he making with the Devils in Florida? I mean, that's after four. That's after flyers. three years of making a fortune in Russia, though. I mean, I mean, we can look it up. I, he, he, um, I mean, he made a lot of money. Um, okay, so all right, so he goes to Russia. If he comes back, but he comes back to the Rangers and not the Flyers, and continues his career here. I don't know, man. I that mean, was that's, still before we went to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, they were talking about it again. I just think that at that point they had moved on, and they. You know, they didn't want to rock the boat, I guess, at that point. Bringing in a guy yeah. who's already – I guess they already turned the the team into Lundqvist's team. So – So Yager comes back after being away. So he, his last season with the Rangers was 09 uh, – 08-09. All right? Right. Comes back 2011-12. He's making $3.3 million. Then he goes to Dallas. He makes $4.5 million. Forgot he went to Dallas. Then he went to the Devils. He signed a two million, and then a three point five million. Then he goes to Florida yeah, for three point five, and right. and, then, and then a four million. Then he signs to Calgary for a million. So money would have never been the reason he would wouldn't have been. Uh, remember the rain. No, the salary cap wasn't what it was then. And if I remember oh, correctly, I um, the Rangers had to pay Lundqvist. At that point, you know, they would have found the way to found the way to keep season. Younger. Right. You know, they lost Shanahan. They brought in, they brought in Kalinin and, um, and Marcus Naslin. Right. They had Drury and Gomez already making a shit ton of money. So, and they had to pay Hank. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I still just don't think that it would have ever, that money, I don't think money had anything to do with it. I think that there was, I think Yager left here with a sour taste. And no, I had. It. I think it had everything to do with money. Back here. If, if I remember the the negotiations correctly, and I'm going to go back and see were there negotiations? Oh yeah, we were talking. Oh to yeah, him to no, begin with? and I think it had to do with money. I just think he wasn't getting going to get what he well, he thought. You know, I mean, he wasn't. He was making eight million dollars, and you know, right. he had the obviously he was making ten in in, in um. Right. In, in Washington, no, in Washington but, when they signed that contract, uh, then the contract right. got rolled back, which turned into um, $8 million. I just And mm-hmm. I was just looking at those numbers. It's funny. We talked about that. So Yager's contract with, with – um, oh, shit. With uh, – yeah, 
You said he signed in Philly for three and a half. Well, he signed in Philly for three and a half. But his original contract with Washington was a seven-year, $55 million deal. So his first two years, he made $11 million. He made $11 million in 2003. Yeah. I mean, he made Connor McDavid money. Shit. <laughs> then they had yeah. the they missed the, the one season. They had the rollback of 24%. So Yager's last two seasons, last four seasons he played were at eight, eight, eight point, uh, 8.36. The last four seasons he played post lockout. And remember, if you remember this, if Yager had won the Hart Trophy, which was, again, Talking about a New York bias. Stolen. If he would have won the Joe Hart Thornton. Trophy and not Joe Thornton, he had an extension that would have automatically kicked in and that that um, it would have been for um, half the amount. So it would have been another $4 million. Mm-hmm. $4 million. Remember, um, Washington picked up half his Yager's salary. Right. So right. you would have had him for one more year at a very nice number. So he would have made his full salary if he would have won the Hart Trophy. Again, the New York right. bias. So essentially, we don't get Marcus Nasland if Yager's no, still on 100%. the team, which is fine. <laughs> which but is totally I think Yager fine. wanted more than than $4 million, and I think that's why he went overseas. And I think he was making in the sevens or eights in, over in Russia. Right. Someone also said I have no problem owed, with him going to Russia. His back had hurt him. I, I, I heard he owed think, money over there, and I think that's why he left too. It was part of the reason why he left. That was uh, a rumor. I don't know how true that is. Mm-hmm. But – it just would have been interesting to see him when he when he did come back. Had he come back here, how how 2012, 13, 14, and even into fifteen would have went, having him both in the locker room in the media because I mean he's a lightning mm-hmm. rod. He takes a lot of attention away from other people. Which, if you, I mean, you don't think Ryan McDonough could have used some? No, of the absolutely no. He definitely would have been. He definitely <laughs> would have been help. I just think the salary cap at that point with with those guys. Remember yeah. they brought in Gabrick, you know they traded Gomez. They brought in Gabrick, um, so they were, you know, they were. I think just kind of, and, and again, Lundqvist. So now, Lundqvist had a, but Lundqvist didn't sign his big deal until after the fifteen season. No, he signed one before the, the eight. that. Not for eight. Uh, not eight. Not I think million six million and a half. Deal. Um, huh? I wore money. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just the going rate for Azar these days. You're probably right, right? But um, I think that's really where um, the whole thing stems from with uh, with why they let him go was because of um, – because Lundqvist was due a big pay raise, if I remember right. He was. Remember, the Lundqvist. Did he have a? Did he have a two-year entry-level deal? Or was it three-year? Do you remember? Three. It was three. Three. So, all yeah. right. So that makes sense. So what they did was, Lundqvist had his um, his entry-level deal. Then he signed that that honey of a of an extension for was a four point two five million. Mm-hmm. And um, and then um, then he signed his big contract. I don't. I'm just looking up. I'm just looking it up right now. So, I'm um, sorry. So, no, I'm. I was wrong. He only had a two-year contract. His ELC, His ELC was only two years. He made eight hundred and seventeen thousand. Okay. His first two years. Yeah. Then he signed his big contract. Well, he signed the one-year, 
4.25 million. Then after that, he signed a six-year, $41 million contract, average AAV of 6.875 million. Still could have found a way to keep Yager. Uh, listen, I'm not arguing with you. I'm yeah. not arguing with you. I'm just <laughs> I'm just show, I'm just telling you. Yeah. So and then, then he signed the big year in 14-15, he signed the eight and a half million dollar contract. And Lundquist right. made the bulk of his money in his first four years. He made 11, 10, 9, and a half, 9 in his first four years. Right. He made $102 million in his career. God Not bless. bad, huh? God bless. And he, and and he didn't start playing until he was backup. 23. <laughs> I, hope, I hope he's our backup next year. I don't know. I would, I, I, would, um, I don't know. I hope. I hope. He's wishful thinking. All right. Well, next week, like I guess we're going to try and get uh, Russ Cohen uh, back next week. Hopefully, uh, energized, a lot of a lot of orange juice and vitamin yep. C, and he's you know he'll speed be on recovery. the mend. Speed recovery because I think that we could do an entire show on what this team would have been like from 1991 on with 88 at yeah. center ice. Yeah, that's going to be good. And uh, so that should be should be. A and fun anyone show. that's listening, yeah. you know, find us on Facebook or Twitter. Um, if you have anything yes. you want us to talk about, if you yeah, have guys, a what join if, the Facebook group. if you want us to, to kind of dive in uh, into, um, listen, mm-hmm. we're, we're look, we're searching for content. Yeah. Help us out here. Listen, our, our friends in Finland. Yeah. Come on. We're top 60 in Finland. We're like David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff to Germans is two guys, yeah. one cup to Finland hockey. It's impressive. Come on. So join the Facebook group. Hit us up on mm-hmm. Twitter at 2G1C Rangers. Uh, the Facebook group is just two guys, one cup. Just look. It's the same same uh, icon as as the podcast. Hit us up. Give us some uh, some ideas, what you wanted to go mm-hmm. over. Tell us we suck. Tell us you like us. Whatever. Just get involved and let's have fun yeah. with it. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try and figure out, you know, me and Rock will figure out. Hopefully we can get back on to Tuesdays again. I know this has been weird with the Thursdays, but hang, hang with us. Rock is back at work. I've had hockey on Tuesday nights the last couple of weeks. But uh, we'll hopefully hopefully get back to Tuesdays. So, uh, Rock, have a good one. And, uh, guys, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Later. Later.